Alan Mee is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Well, hello and welcome to the Alan Mead Experience. I'm your host, Alan Mead. I'm a dentist, podcaster, and list creator. And uh, before I go on about that list creating thing, I'd like to thank the people who make this and every episode of the Alan Mead Experience possible. That would be Premier Dental Products, Inspired Solutions for Daily Dentistry, which is so incredibly apt for this company, it's ridiculous. I'm going to talk a little bit more, a little bit more about that later. But uh, today, I want to tell you about my list making. I have to say that uh, I went into the office today feeling very negative. Um, I don't know if it was just because it was a Monday or what, but I was definitely not. I, I was like, I had a really dark outlook actually this morning. I'm feeling better now, although the dark outlook has been. I have to tell you that part of it comes from the news. Not a big like news watcher. Like I don't watch TV to speak of. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Some of them are somewhat political. And uh, but honestly, you can't really go on any kind of. Um, you can't go on Facebook or Twitter or, or I don't really go on Twitter, but Facebook or or other social media and not run into political stuff. And I get it. I mean, it's just kind of. Just kind of the way it is now. Everything is political, but it's pretty dark. Like, like I don't see, I don't see things getting a lot better with regard to how polarized we are, and, and we're about to run into some political stuff. And I'm not, I don't really want to talk about that. What I'm more interested in, or what I'm more thinking about, is I just, it just is incredibly negative feeling. Like, like everything that's like outside of my little my little dental world in my family and stuff seems super negative, and a lot of people seem super negative. I, I do feel I feel like it's in some ways, there's a lot of negativity outside. So the trick that I'm trying to find is how, how, to, how to get past this, how to not feel so negative. I will say that it was very helpful for me to get into. I had a pretty great schedule today, um, a lot of good stuff on the schedule, great people on the schedule, and, and I was able to kind of pull out of it. And I realized that the solution every single time I get in that negative space, which is, you know, let's be honest, it's often, uh, especially if you're on freaking social media at all, uh, there's a lot of stuff that it's out there. It's kind of negative. I can't feel negative when I'm feeling grateful. And that sounds so trite. I know it sounds so simple. And, um, but it's true. I've, I've learned this over the years. Like when I'm, when I'm glad for the things that I have around me, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm grateful and, and I, I understand how lucky I am that I have the things around me, it's a lot harder to feel as negative as I was. I was, it was dark, man. It was really dark this morning. I was not, not in a good space. So I thought to myself, what better way to uh, to kind of dig into some gratitude than to make a list? And that's a trick I've been doing for quite some time, to be honest. I've been a gratitude list guy for quite some time. And so uh, for today's episode, I'm going to give you 10 things I'm grateful for as 2018 approaches. So uh, 10 things. I'll probably come up with more than 10, but I'm going to give you 10. And uh, again, I don't have a guest today, but I was thinking... What a cool thing to talk about because sometimes I need a little pick-me-up. It's cheesy. I, I get it. It's cheesy to talk about gratitude so openly and so blatantly. And some people hate the fact that I talk about feelings and stuff like that. But eh, guess what? It's my show. I can do what I want. So <laughs> the first thing that the first thing on my list, number one, that I'm grateful for 
which will seem self-serving to you until I explain it. Um, the Voices of Dentistry meeting, which is approaching. January 26th and 27th is, is the second of the Voices of Dentistry meeting. Uh, it is in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Doubletree Resort in Scottsdale, which is gorgeous, by the way. I know I've said this before, but uh, I got a chance to see this resort. It's It's really nice. And for people who are in places that are not so warm come January 26th and 27th, it will be a lovely break from uh, reality. I'm looking forward to it like crazy. So, uh, and it is, if you want more information or better than that, just go sign up for it now. You know you're going to, so you might as well just do it now. Voicesofdentistry.com. And uh, you're going to start hearing more and more about the presentations and what this thing is going to be like. In the next few weeks, a lot of a lot of social media, you won't be able to escape it. So you might as well just go sign up for it. Also, use the coupon code VOD, all capitals, V capital O capital D 100, and you'll get 100 bucks knocked off for the foreseeable future. I don't know when we're going to turn that that coupon code off. So at least try it if you're signing up, Uh, even without 100 bucks off. If you're a dentist going there for the CE, it's like eight hundred ninety seven dollars. And if you don't need the CE, if you're just like a there for your team member or something like that. It's even less. A lot of, lot of good stuff going on there. Okay, so that's the plug for it. But now I'm going to tell you why I'm grateful for it. Um, so basically, we had a, a meeting, like a phone meeting uh, today. And I will tell you, as a, I have, I've never been a meeting planner before this. I've never been on the the other side of a meeting. Like I've I've attended plenty of dental meetings. Like I grew up basically going to the Chicago Midwinter. I went to Chicago Midwinter before I was even in dental school. Like my my dad went every year and so he'd take the family and I knew it was going on. And then when I was in dental school, he took me to the meet. So I I mean I've been going to big meetings for a while. And I've been to the Michigan Dental Association meeting a lot. So I've seen a lot of these meetings and I've even participated in them to some extent. But um so I just I've had a I've had some experience with them, but I've never actually planned them. I've never been a planner of the meeting prior to this. So uh, in saying that, I I didn't realize how much goes into them. So I should say that I'm grateful for the reason that, like, I look at this meeting, this very cool meeting that's actually growing. It's, you know, it's already bigger than it was last year. We already have more people signed up than last year. We have really great sponsors. Our speaker lineup, although it was awesome last year, is even better this year. The whole thing is growing and getting bigger and better. And and I look at it from, like, I'm kind of blown away that I'm actually involved with this. Like, how in the world did this happen? I'm, I'm, you know, one minute I'm, I don't know, I'm just in the middle of this really cool thing. And, and, and what's crazy is, it's, I have to say, planning it is not difficult as much as there's a lot of decisions that need to be made. And typically they're decisions that kind of need to be made, like, on the fly. It's like, the earlier you can make some of these decisions, the better, maybe. And what's crazy is like, you, because I've never planned these meetings before, a lot of times the things we're deciding seem like no big deal. And and it makes me nervous because I'm like, what what are the ramifications of this decision like when the meeting actually happens? So it's, it's like, it, I feel like it's a lot of responsibility. But on the other hand, you know, we created this weird podcaster meeting like out of thin air. How cool is that? Like, I, I can't even believe... Like, to be honest, I'm still blown away that last year's meeting happened. And then when I think back to when the meeting was actually going on, it was like one of the most magical times of my life. It is, it's one of those like times, it's kind of like a wedding, like maybe my own wedding kind of, but, or, or a, 
or a family reunion that happens once in in a blue moon kind of thing. It it was crazy. Like every single thing that happened was bordering on magical. All the people that I met, all this, and so literally, I get to plan this same thing in, in a bigger and better for this year. It's exciting, and frankly, I'm I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm humbled. It's it's a freaking dental meeting we're putting together. And we're we're making it up as we go along. I mean, we're making great decisions. We're having a great time. We had this meeting with um, the only one who wasn't there was Justin. Justin couldn't be there, but but Jeff from uh, the Imp- Dennis Implants and Worms podcast is is also part of the planning. And we have two two or three meeting planners that are kind of helping us along the way. But Dr. Mark Costas and Jason and myself and Jeff, we all were on this meeting, and like all this crazy important stuff is being decided right now. How are we going to do the CE? How are we going to do the evaluations you know who's gonna who's gonna introduce the speakers what kind of it's just like all cool interesting questions and i'm thinking to myself i'm like how in the world did this happen to me like this is so crazy so i'm very grateful i'm grateful for the people that are putting this on i'm grateful for the fact that there are people that are going to come and we're gonna have a great time i really i know that it sounds cheesy man if you can swing this meeting i would love you to see it because it's going to be a very cool spectacle our uh, keep your eyes open on social media for the speaker lineup coming up because it's going to be we're going to be focusing on different speakers over the next few weeks. It's going to be awesome. So, all right. So I'm going down my list. I'm going kind of slow, so I, I need to pick up the pace now. Something that is very uh, not intuitive, like doesn't make any sense. But um, if you heard my interview with Dr. Tammy Bailey from uh, earlier this week, um, I talked a fair amount and pretty openly about what it was like when I was still in active addiction. And I have to say that I have a lot of gratitude for, for my particular brand of mental illness. Um, it's crazy because like around 16 years ago, I was sick in a pretty bad way. Like I, I had this pretty bad mental illness of addiction. I was in the throes of it and the process of getting better from that sick, uh, changed everything for me. So like as horrible as it is, I would never wish someone to be addicted to a substance or, or, or gambling or, or process addictions or whatever. I've never really wished that on someone, the recovery process and, and, and being able to kind of take a good hard look at myself. Uh, what an amazing thing that has been for me. Basically there is nothing that I have right now that probably doesn't depend in some way or another on the fact that I had an addiction and I went through the process of getting better. So how can someone say, how could I be grateful for that? Well, I wonder what kind of person I would be if I, if I hadn't gone through that pretty early in my life. I mean, I was 30 years old when I got clean. So it's been, it's been a while, you know, but, but like, what if, what if I had been sort of struggling through other stuff and not gotten well for another 10 years or 15 years or something blows my mind, honestly, just like the fact that I was able to take four and a half months off of work, my freaking dad came in and ran my practice for four and a half months while I was away. Just mind blowing. Like how lucky am I? I, that, that, you know, my practice was there waiting for me when I, when I was ready to come back, including all the team members, freaking nuts. Right. But like, then I had basically four and a half months to take a good hard look at myself and learn how to, how to basically I learned a bunch of humility. I learned that, most of the time, the problems that I'm dealing with are problems of my own making. And if I can get out of my own way, things are better. Uh, I have a chance to be self-reflective. And I think so many people 
so many people, even successful people, even great people, but so many people miss out on the chance to take a good look at themselves and see what they're, they can't see themselves from a different perspective. Being in, being in treatment and, and, and going through recovery gave me a perspective on my own life and my, my role in, in other people's lives and, and in my own situation that I never had before. And frankly, that has literally made my life better on almost every level. And like I said, I'm not sure I would have been able to reach a point where I could, you know, take a look at myself and, and, and admit, you know, when I'm in the wrong or, or, or admit that I don't have to go through these things anymore or whatever. I don't know that I could have looked at myself that way without, without having recovery kind of jumping on my head. So I really, I'm very grateful for the fact that I was the, the certain brand of sick that I was. And I'm grateful that the people came along in my life when they did that helped me. I mean, I was definitely ready. Don't get me wrong. I was a pretty good recovering person, but to be honest, I, I didn't even know what I needed until I got there. So it's, it's, it's something to be grateful for. It's a weird thing to be grateful for, but it is something to be grateful for. All right. So, uh, something else that also seems a little bit self-serving, but, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful for premier dental who, uh, supports this show. And I say that because when I started the Allen meat experience, it was fun and it was good. And I had a bunch of good guests and I was enjoying myself, but, um, it kind of, I guess basically about mm, a month or two ago, I was ready to pack it in. I felt like it wasn't, I will say that there's times when I'm a little frustrated because it hasn't grown the way that the dental hacks podcast grew. I'm not exactly sure why it might be that my, my, uh, my topics aren't maybe as widely ranging or, or people don't like the, <laughs> the, the lack of clinical or the lack of business stuff that we talk about and we tell more stories or dig in stuff like this. In any case, premier dental didn't care. They continued to support it. Anyhow, they, they, you know, I think that, um, they realize that there's a kind of a cool, interesting vision and frankly, a cool and interesting group of people that have sort of come about because of this podcast. Um, but I, I, I'm really grateful that they're there continuing to support us. And frankly, that they, they see a vision in this podcast that sometimes I've struggled to see myself at times. Uh, I know that sounds cheesy, but they really, I've gotten some emails from, from those. Okay. Premiere is funny because they have seen the value in podcasting way before like any dental companies have like last year when we were putting sponsors together for the voice of dentistry meeting, which is funny. It's another thing like who knew that like so much of making dental meetings happen happens because of the people who are willing to pay to be there to, to get in front of the people coming to the meeting. Like I, I didn't realize how important it is that, that we have support and sponsorship like this. And that's why it's so cool. The sponsors that are going to do the voice of dentistry, what a cool and interesting group of, companies because they see the value of these dudes getting on microphones in their basements and, and, and women sitting in their living room with a headset. And they see the value of, of us doing the silly stuff that we're doing and getting the word out. And I mean, premier was there for the voices of dentistry. They signed up. They didn't even have a table. They just sent a couple guys to come talk with us. They didn't, they supported the meeting and didn't even have a table because they kind of came on at the last minute, they're like, we want to see what this is all about. We think it's a great thing. So they support us. And of course they're supporting us this year now too. So uh, maybe I'm hoping they have a really killer booth because they have so many good products that I want to show off to everyone. But bottom line, I really appreciate that they are willing to support this show and frankly support dental podcasting in general. So it's a big deal. It really is. All right. So uh, number four on my list of 10 things I'm grateful for this particular day approaching 2018, I'm grateful for my dad. Now, as I told you before, my dad, he's a dentist, 
uh, he, I actually interviewed him for the dental hacks a, probably a year and a half ago. Uh, he's been a dentist since 1968. So what that's approaching, if I do my math correctly, that's approaching what, 50 years. Um, that's pretty impressive. Actually. He's, uh, he sold his practice about four years ago and he has continued to work. He worked in a clinic up North, uh, where he's teaching university of Michigan students for a while. And what's funny, you know, this clinic up north was not the same kind of practice that he was in for forty some years. He he had a he had your regular restorative endo like super GP type practice, and he's he's a very good dentist. But he really focused on removable like crazy when he was up at this clinic because they do a lot of extractions and a lot of flippers and dentures. And so he honed his skill set up there. I mean, he's always good at it. Don't get me wrong; he was really but but like. What's crazy is when you have to be able to do a lot of the stuff yourself when you don't have a lab right there to fall back on or you don't have, like all of a sudden you get pretty good and pretty resourceful. And what's cool is he, he's done practice, he's done working up there, but he didn't want to be done with dentistry, not even close. He, he never would have been because he does a lot of Mission of Mercy stuff and everything. But, but what's really cool is he has, he has come into my practice just for, you know, a day a week or, you know, maybe two or three times a month, something like that. And he just does removable. And I have to tell you, it might be bad for me because my skill set in removable is pretty bad to start with. I, I don't love removable, and so I've never paid that much attention to how well it can be done. But he comes in here with his, like, he's really good at it. And what's funny is, okay, so my dad was a roller skate dentist in his practice. I mean, he was running three operatories, like, balls to the wall constantly, you know, two hygienists at least going, sometimes three, and, and doing, he did ortho, he did everything. And every time you go in there, it's like he had 20 things going on at once. And I, I don't even know how he did all of it. But what's really funny in my practice, he is seeing removable patients for a long period of time. He'll have, he'll have a patient in there. It's amazing what he's doing. He's doing a lot of the lab work. He's doing a lot of the, a lot of the stuff chair side because that's what he did up north, right? It's a blast to see what he's doing in the patients. Oh my gosh, did they respond to him like crazy? So cool. First off, I always introduce him as like the specialist, which he kind of is in my office, right? He's, he's the removable specialist, but there is a certain, any dentist who practice with their father or their, their mom, or maybe their uncle, but honestly, particularly their, their parent patients love that. Oh my gosh. Do they eat that up? I always knew that when I worked with him back when it was in his practice, man, do they eat this up though? I mean, they love it. And there's, there is, it's kind of a cool, like there's nothing better than seeing he and I banter back and forth about treatment options and stuff like that. We got a case right now where it's kind of like a, it's like a combination fixed removable case and I'm doing the fixed part. He's doing the removable part and the patient's just like the patient's loving all the attention. It's a blast. And like, I have to tell you two or three years ago, I never would have guessed that this is what we we're going to be doing. It's, it's very fun. I feel like, uh, we had our Christmas party last, last week. And so we had he and my mom come because he's working at the practice, you know, he was like the life of the party. It was great. My my office team was laughing because <laughs> I, I was mentioning how he was sort of the life of the party. He was telling all the jokes. Of, and uh, my mom was just sitting over there rolling her eyes <laughs> and and uh, and shaking her head and stuff like that, but in like a good way because my dad was – he hasn't probably been like that for a while. He hasn't like goofed around with a team in the way that he has mine. He definitely likes it too. I, it's a different flavor than his team. His team was – was really good and actually I have I have an employee of his from from back in the day right now too but it's very fun and and it's like my dad and my relationship is a little bit different now because he's been able to come and work with me and and take some of the 
some of the load of the stuff that I don't like to do off my shoulders and actually show me how to do it better. So it's very cool. Uh, very grateful. And like I said, you know, back when I was in treatment, he came in and just worked my practice. Like it wasn't like I begged him to do it or I told him I would pay him a certain amount. He just did it because he knew that his kid was going to lose it if he didn't come. Like basically there wasn't anyone to fall back on at this point. So he, he covered for me when I couldn't cover for myself and he kind of saved my practice. And of course I'll never forget that. Um, I like to think that, that the stuff that I do for other addicted dentists and, and, you know, actually addicted patients and stuff like that. I mean, I like to think that I'm, I'm paying it forward a little bit, but like in some ways there's kind of no way to pay him back for all that he did for me and the practice. So it's really fun to be able to work with him. And I'm very grateful that he's there and was able to do that. Like looking back, that's a huge thing. So number five on my list of 10 things that I'm grateful for approaching 2018 is digital photography. I'm grateful for digital photography. And uh, I don't necessarily mean digital photography on my phone or whatever. I mean, it's cool that you can take basically a picture everywhere, but, but like it's, it's a, it's a love hate relationship because I am, I still struggle to get excellent photos with my, my, um, SLR setup, you know, with my macro lens, it's okay. I, I mean, they're always, they're always way better than they used to be, but they're not as good. I, I look at some of these people that are really good with dental photography and, and I, I'm sort of jealous and I haven't put the time in to really understand photography. And I always tell myself I'm gonna, but I never make the time. But on the other hand, um, I have these microscopes in my office and I have these Sony alpha 6,000 cameras and they are they're a good camera. They're not a premium camera. Like Sony makes a much fancier version of this, but they're pretty adequate. And what I'm finding, I, I've complained about it on these podcasts a lot, but what I'm finding is I'm starting to reach up and take that photo more often now, a lot more often. And what's really cool about that, at the very baseline of everything, the documentation is so much better. I don't care how good you've written in your chart. Uh, when you have photos of the pre-op photos from every angle you can imagine, and it took you about three seconds to get them and an insurance company questions something and you can just point to the video or the photo that you took. Oh my gosh. Like it's, I hate writing narratives. I hate that partly because you have to, you have to say it the way it needs to be said and you have to play the game and everything. But the other part of it is like, they're questioning whether or not you're doing the right thing. And that, I mean, it pisses me off. It's just like, probably it pisses any dentist off. Um, but I've, and, and I got to say, intraoral cameras are fine. I think they're, I think they're uh, a second rate solution compared to a, like a digital SLR or better than that. The, the, the scopes, the cameras mounted on my microscopes, they're fine, but they're not as good as that. I love, I literally love it when my, when my uh, front desk comes in and says, man, you know, they're questioning whether this tooth needs a crown. They're questioning is and I'm able to literally point it in, in the photos are like really good photos and we just send it and it takes care of it. That's huge. And honestly, being good about taking the photos has changed a lot for me. There's a lot less monkeying around. I don't know if the, I don't know if the insurance companies are keeping track or not, but they seem to ask for that stuff less when they know that I'm just going to send it over there with, with great photos. So that's really, that's really cool. I'm very grateful for the fact that Digital photography is amazing. You don't have to spend that much money to get into it, and it can make such a huge difference in a lot of different ways. Plus, you know, anyone who takes a lot of photos of their of their uh, their work, basically, you can't help but get better. You can't every time you take a photo of something that you think is awesome, 
you'll find something wrong with it. I guarantee anyone who takes a lot of photos knows this. Just as soon as you think you got everything all figured out, you take a photo and you look at the photo and you see something in the photo that you literally don't see when you're looking directly at the stupid thing. It's insane. Uh, so in a way, it's frustrating. But digital photography is is the truth as it stands. It does not lie to you as much as you'd like to lie to yourself. It doesn't lie to you. But it also has your back. Uh, the fact that I take photos of stuff before and after and all this stuff, when I, it's so easy to do now. And my, so my just my documentation has gotten so much better. So I'm grateful that we have that in dentistry in, in so many different forms. I'm really grateful that we have that. That's, that. That makes dentistry more fun to practice, and it just makes the outcomes better, in my opinion. All right, so uh, number six in my 10 things I'm grateful for approaching 2018. This is a little silly. Uh, totally true. By the way, I didn't throw in the super obvious ones like my wife and my children. You know, of course I'm grateful for them. I wanted to like, when I do my gratitude list, I try hard to tell, to tell myself, look, the obvious ones aren't fair. You have to dig a little deeper than that. It's great to be grateful for your family, but it's also relatively obvious that you're, (laughs) that you're grateful for your family, right? Like as soon as you're not grateful for your family, it makes you a huge jerk. Uh, which is fine. I guess that could be the case, but, but I'm going to say that there's, there's certain, you know, I'm grateful for food on the table. I'm grateful for a roof over my head. Yes, I am grateful for those things. But when you're making the lists and when you're really having to dig because you're having a dark negative day, you have to start getting creative with your gratitude because if you go to the same things all the time, then, then it doesn't mean the same thing. So just, it goes without saying that I'm very grateful for my family. And all that. So I'm just not going to use those as this list. So there you have it. Okay. So that said, I am grateful for my dog. Gracie is uh, is a yellow lab, and if you are familiar with lab breeds, she's what they call a Dudley yellow lab, which is sort of it's not it's not a um, I guess it's a mutation. It's not it's not like an albino where they don't have any pigment, but for whatever reason, the black pigment on their nose is gone. So she has kind of a pink, almost orange nose. Which is really funny because apparently they can sunburn. They're so they're like they're like the skin of a pig where they can sunburn if they get too much sun on it. But she's a Dudley nose yellow lab, and uh, I, I probably told you the story in, in a different podcast. But long story short, she's a purebred, and the breeder is actually from around where I live. The breeder's from Midland, but she's technically a rescue for us because we did not get her as a puppy. We got her as about uh, an eighteen month old, and um, she the breeder basically. The breeder sold her as a puppy to a family who lived in Chicago, uh, but like lived not in the Chicago suburbs, but like lived in town in Chicago. And I, if anyone's ever had a yellow lab or a lab of any sort, they're not good dogs for in the city. <laughs> they need way too much exercise. Like she would run 24 seven. If, if we let her, it's unreal. She would chase the ball until she collapsed. She often does. And then she gets up and wants to chase it more. Not a great dog for the city. And so this family felt like she really behaved poorly. Well, she spent most of her days in the in the kennel because the kids were at school, and I think mom was a physician, and so basically, just not a well chosen breed for for that kind of a lifestyle. So this breeder was going to help rehome her because she was a her, she had bad behavior. Well, she and she, when we met her, she was a spaz. I wasn't sure we we're going to make it, but as you probably know, I live on a farm, and uh, a farm means a lot of room. To, we have a, we have a fenced in yard. Um, that we've had for our other dogs and for our kids. And it's great. So we got a fenced in yard, but the reality is, is we have a farm that she can run around on like a crazy dog, which is great. Um, but 
one of the things I'm super grateful for, I, we have had all kinds of dogs. I grew up with an Airedale Terrier when I was just a little kid. Great dog, Holly, Holly number one. Uh, and she was kind of, she related most to my dad. Like if she was going to pick a favorite human, it would have definitely been my dad. And we had a Wheaton Terrier when I was like in junior high and high school and college. And, uh, she was great dog. Great dog. She lived to be a ripe old age and, uh, and she liked me plenty, but she related to my mom. She was the one she connected to my mom. And that was, so my mom was her real human. And then my wife and I, when, around the time we got married, we had three dogs. Uh, we had a border collie. And we had a lab mix, and then we got a pit bull mix. And they were great dogs. But what's funny is if you've ever had multiple dogs at once, a lot of times they don't necessarily pick a particular human that they relate to the best. They sort of related to each other the best. The Border Collie might have been the one that most related to me prior to that. But they all sort of related to themselves. And, and, and it was not like they had chosen a favorite human. And so that's fine. They, uh, and they were great dogs, and I miss them. So Gracie comes into her life after being about a year or so without a dog. Uh, yellow lab, total spaz. I was actually not that into her at first because she, she was so crazy. She just didn't behave very well. But over the last year to year and a half that we've had her, we got her about a year and two months ago. Um, she definitely, I am her favorite human and I've never had that experience. Anyone listening to this who has a dog that, that is their, you know, dog has chosen them as their favorite human it's a very special position to hold there is nothing better than when i get home from work and she's out of her mind she's so excited she's jumping out of her skin uh and basically if she gets to choose anyone to like be around and snuggle with and be with it's me and and i don't know what i did to deserve such a special position with this dog it's very funny you i think anyone who is a dog person that that understands this is like it is weird like they they love everyone, but they love you just a little bit more, and there's something really special about that, and uh, she's great, man. The other thing that's really cool about Gracie, so we have had dogs over the years, and every one of them had a little streak of if you didn't watch them, they'd run. They'd, they'd, they'd bolt from you, and uh, some of them were much worse than others. Some of them you really couldn't take them out of, the, out of the, too far without a leash. Some of them were pretty good, but they still had a tendency. They might bolt. Gracie, we've never spent a second on training her. And she never runs. Now, she'll run around and be all over the place, but she's always close by. She's not great at coming when you call her, but if you walk in the opposite direction of where she is, she's on your heel like nothing, which is really special. I mean, she's trained, but she's not trained specifically by us to do any specific thing. She just loves being around people, and she doesn't want to be left out. It's it's almost better than than having worked on a bunch of training with her because she's really good about it. She's great with our kids too, which is the other dogs we've had have came before we had kids, so kids kind of got thrown on them as a last-second deal, which is not fair to the dog in some ways. So they were never all that trustworthy with the kids. I didn't. We never had troubles with them being aggressive or anything like that. But Gracie is really good with the kids, really good. And, and my kids are not good with her, and she's still really good with them. So I love that. But I love the. I'm grateful for my dog in a lot of ways. I'm kind of most grateful for the fact that like I'm her favorite person. So that is like. It's a silly thing, but it's so true. All right, so another somewhat self-serving um, thing that I'm grateful for. You guys are going to kind of throw up a little bit, but um, I've talked about them before. It's a Premier Dental product. They're called the Perio Wise Probes, and you're thinking, really, you're 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 a top ten list of things you're grateful for, and you're going to put a freaking product that your sponsor 
has. Well, here's the thing. Um, we treat periodontal disease in my office. We may not have the, the, the tightest program you've ever heard of. We may, we treat periodontal disease in my office. And so basically <laughs> we probe people. And if you've, if you're, you know, like everyone being probed kind of sucks, whether you're healthy or not healthy, it's pokey. It kind of sucks. And probably if you're doing it right, it's a little bit uncomfortable. And so my hygienists do the probing. And then typically I come in when on an exam and they'll show me the chart. And then I will sometimes do a spot check of my own. And the reason I do that is because I'm doing an exam in the microscope and the patient can see what I'm doing. And so I've always said before, there's nothing that helps a patient understand their, the condition of their gums like them actually watching in a microscope, a giant monitor above their head, what I'm doing. And, you know, they can see bleeding on probing doesn't mean anything when it's a red circle and the hygienist told me that your gums are bleeding. Bleeding on probing means a lot when it looks like someone set off a firecracker in your gum tissue and you're bleeding and stuff like that in any case. But, but all in all, with a metal probe, it's pretty uncomfortable. It's not, I mean, it, so I use these perioized probes and they're, they're plastic probes. Uh, they're softer and they're, they're, they feel, I, I literally had a patient describe it as it feels like rubber. It's not, it's plenty stiff and it measures as well as any metal probe you'll ever use, but it's just more comfortable. This, this new patient, I couldn't believe this turkey. She's like, I'm showing her some of the pockets and how her tissue looks great. And then at one point she went, ow, she yelled and I jumped. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, and then she said, oh, I'm just kidding. Cause like <laughs> we were raving about how much better these probes are. So what's really cool is they come in, they come in a different, you know, several, there's one that's, I think it's in North Carolina, which is just 12 millimeter um, notches on it. Just all one color. That's cool. I like the red and green, the red and green, like the three millimeters is green. And then everything up is in, is notched out in red. I, there's, they come in several different models. I like the green one, especially when I'm showing a patient because they can see that if the probe is still in the green level, that that's healthy tissue, nothing better than something simple like that for a microscope. But honestly, and I've told you about the periwise challenge. And I think we're going to probably in 2018, we're going to actually start doing that where people can sign up to get a periwise probe so they can take this challenge. Honestly, um, patient acceptance has gone up not only because of the color in that monitor, but it's more comfortable. Like all of a sudden patients are not necessarily thinking of, of treating gum disease as a super uncomfortable thing and diagnosing it as a super uncomfortable thing. And I, you know, honestly, perio is, you know, no, it's no, no one likes the idea of having periodontal disease. It's an, it's not a fun thing. I mean, I guess no dental work is, but the fact of the matter is, is this makes it easier and e easier for patients to accept. I just, I just am very grateful because my, you know, perio wasn't my, my number one, uh, thing. I'm getting a lot better at it. And I, I have to tell you that our diagnosis is getting better because we just accept it and, and use it more. So I'm a huge fan uh, go check them out at the website. I will put a, uh, I'll put a, a link up on the show notes to go check out the Periwise probes. If you haven't tried these, you really should get one. Just get one and try it. You won't even believe it. And honestly, I know that a lot of, if, if you're a dentist, your hygienists are going to use these things more than you do. But I like having them kind of in all the kits because they're, I don't know, I, I really am a huge fan of these things. And uh, I've been using them actually long before, long before um, they were sponsoring the show. I just, I think they're a great product. One of the best ones they have, and you guys need to try it out. So uh, let's see, what number am I on? I skipped around a little bit. So I think that was eight. No, I was, that was seven. Okay, so uh, let's say number eight is, uh, I don't know, it's it, philosophy or stoicism or mindfulness. Basically, what I'm going to tell you is that this year has been a real game changer for me. 
Um, I've actually sort of done, I don't do study because I just don't have the attention span for it, but I've listened to and learned a lot about, about these philosophies and, and actually, frankly, about, about being mindful and, and, uh, and thinking about thinking, if you will. A lot of that comes from the fact that I listened to, uh, I listened to Sam Harris's podcast. I actually pay attention to Dr. Don Kulingowski and I'm, I'm part of her Facebook page on mindfulness. I've read a lot about stoicism and listen. I, I just, I have to tell you that I am able to cope better with stuff happening, bad stuff happening to me now, better than I used to. I, I mean, I told you about getting well from addiction requires a certain amount of self-reflection, but, but this helps me in my self-reflection. This helps organize how my self-reflection works. Uh, real pleased with this. This is a really interesting thing that's opening up. I know that we're going to talk more about this on the podcast coming up, uh, but it's been very helpful for me, uh, particularly the, the the idea of stoicism, which is at its heart, it's you concentrate on the things that you can you can control and change. And if it, if it's something out of your control, don't worry about it a minute because there's nothing you can do about it. And that is a really really strong, uh, powerful concept to me. Uh, I don't always I'm not always perfect about it. I get hung up sometimes, but but like when I realize that that it's not worth burning any calories on the stuff I can't change, man, it makes my life so much easier and so much better. My gosh. <clears throat> okay. So number nine of things, ten things that I'm grateful as we approach 2018 uh, is my office team. So as I mentioned before, we had our our office Christmas party on uh, uh, last week, and like I said, my dad was there and. And um, I dread these things. I always have. We've changed them a little bit late, more recently. And I don't know if my team would prefer it if we had spouses or not. We haven't really talked about it. But we generally don't have spouses, like I said, except for mine. I, I bring my wife. Um, and so we have, we have them at a restaurant. We have them at the country club, actually, we belong to. And over the years, I've sort of dreaded these things. They were something that sort of was an eye roll for me, and we just sucked it up. This is a great time. Like, this last year, oh my gosh! So just or last week, we so we did it at the country club. We literally brought the kids with us, and there's like a babysitting service at the country club. So we just dropped them off in the kids' corner. We went upstairs. We had uh, a nice meal. Uh, we were all adults, you know. We were having telling stories, having fun telling stories. No one got all rip roaring wasted. It wasn't that kind of a party at all. It was just like adults that worked together being in, in each other's company and just sort of enjoying each other's company. It wasn't like we were doing a, uh, uh, trust falls or group building exercises. We literally just having dinner, having some appetizers, having some dinner. And we had a great time. I mean, like, like every one of us mentioned, like, this is the, like the best we've had. And I think part of it's because we just, uh, we just didn't try that hard. Like it was really comfortable. We all know each other. We all like each other. We're definitely not perfect as a team. We've got a lot of stuff to work on, but something really great is that we all genuinely like each other. So kind of a huge deal. And I, it, it sounds silly and it sounds trite, but I'm very grateful for my team. And frankly, that makes working, uh, it works, makes day-to-day stuff at the office so much better when you all like each other. I, I, I know that it's not, uh, it's very profound and it sounds cheesy and obvious, but it is super profound. If you've if you've worked in an office where there where people haven't gotten along, it's it's like such a different experience than when people like each other. So I absolutely love that. And uh, last but not least, at all not least, I am grateful for podcasts. <laughs> a 
like there is no one listening to this right now that is surprised that I would say such a thing, but it is so true. I am grateful for podcasts. I'm grateful because I listen to podcasts and I have a long commute every day at work. And so I need stuff to listen to. I'm grateful for the podcast that I've created and I've been a part of. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you people. I'm grateful for the community that we've built around dental podcasts. I'm specifically grateful for the Alameda Experience Facebook group. Uh, and if you're not a member of the Facebook group and you're listening to this, I encourage you to uh, join us. Go on Facebook and just uh, search the Alan Mead Experience. I won't let you in without the password. The password is Premier. A little obvious since they support the show and all, but that's how we let people in. And uh, it's cool. It's, it's about 200 people or so. It's a very tight-knit group. Uh, we have a really good time. We have pretty much daily banter. Uh, sometimes jokes, sometimes more serious stuff, but it's, I'm very proud that we've got this sort of tight knit group that kind of has each other's back. There's kind of nothing better than that. I don't know that I started podcasting for that reason, but it's given me this community of people that I, I feel like is it's growing and it's awesome, but it's also like kind of special. You guys, if you're listening to this, you probably know what I'm talking about. It's kind of a weird special relationship you have with all these people that that come together on social media and 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 the thing that we all have in common is that we're listening to these shows and we're we're like keeping in touch in this way. So I'm super grateful for that. So funny because I started out my day feeling pretty negative about this stuff, about just stuff in general. And uh my goal was to come up with a gratitude list and work through it and then I'm like, "Hey, why don't I go through a gratitude list on the podcast?" And lo and behold, I'm like my heart is like bursting. I'm I'm feeling very good about stuff. A nice turnaround, I have to say, because it was pretty dark this morning. I was not feeling so red hot about stuff this morning. And uh, so I'm going to tell you that 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 gratitude list really helps. <laughs> makes a big difference. If you can put the effort in and not do the easy part, but like dig into things, you know, sometimes take a look at things that maybe are not as obvious about being grateful for, you know, uh, that's that's a big deal. It's it's helped me a lot. And, and I guess I just want to thank you guys for being part of the experience. And uh, I want to thank you for listening to the show. I want to thank Premier Dental Products for supporting this in every episode of the show. And uh, that's that's made a big difference for me, too, that I'm keeping on doing it. So if you have any questions or comments for me, uh, go ahead and email me to Alan at the Alan Me Experience. That's A-L-A-N at the Alan Me Experience dot com. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And uh, why don't you tell a friend? I'd love to hear about that. We'll talk to you again soon. 